The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, we have the privilege of having two very special guests, and one of them will be joining us a little later. Right now, we have Deidre Haid, and Deidre is a friend of Leading Conversations. We've had her here a couple of times, and we're so happy to have her back. She is known as a modern-day mystic. She is a poet and a writer. She's the founder of Radiance Healing and Meditation. She has a foundation for Radiance, which is a nonprofit and dedicated to healing those who have suffered pain and trauma in their lives. And Didra, so glad to have you here. Welcome to Leading Conversations. Thank you, Cheryl. I love being here with you. You're just amazing what you're doing and, and so so happy to be back. It's so great to hear your voice. Where are you today? Well, today I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, visiting my brother, and it's been great. I went to the Johnny Cash Museum yesterday, um, one of my heroes, (laughs) so so I've been enjoying Nashville. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Are you going to have some of that, that storm? You're going to be impacted by some of that storm that's coming. Well, I, I, it's really cloudy out, and uh, so it it may, you know, a piece of it may may come this way, um, but it's not raining oh yet. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you are a California girl, and yeah. um, just want to remind you that it's really, really nice this week in California. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you know, just, Thank just you. I really, I appreciate that. <laughs> You know, actually, I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, so oh, I'm a southern girl, right. and it rains and rains and rains, and I, lo- I love Memphis, but it rains so much every winter. I would say, when I grow up, I'm moving to California, <laughs> so oh, I did. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I don't think I remembered that about you being a Memphis girl. Yeah. That must have um, really influenced you in terms of the way you saw um, the world of arts and the entertainment industry. I, mean, I know Nashville is really the core, but you know Memphis certainly has its own vibe about that. And, you know, tell us oh, a little bit about well, that. Well, Nashville's the core of country music, but um, rock and roll began in Memphis. Uh, the blues began mm-hmm. in Memphis. W. C. Handy, and I was fortunate. I grew up uh, around recording studios where the Rolling Stones would come down and and the animals and all, all the, you know, the wave of oh, yeah. of English peop, uh, uh, kids at that time. I mean, I was really little then, but, but my mom was into music. So um, it was a really great, uh, great growing up, great growing up there. And I really got to 
understand uh, that music, especially coming from the blues and the stories in the mm. and the the gospel churches, and uh, that was really, you know, that was so formative in my work now. It's still there, <laughs> especially how I write yeah. poetry, because my poetry is very much in the southern um, uh, cadence and the and the traditions of the old songs, the cadence and the rhyming oh. and. Uh, even though rhyming's not in style anymore, I, I won't change because that's my root. That's where I came from. <laughs> that's that's how right. we do things, right? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, I I love your work, and I'm familiar mm, with the beautiful, beautiful uh, miracles that you are able to create and support others in creating, and you know, you are called a modern-day mystic. How do you define mystic? That's an excellent question. Thank you. A mystic is uh, the place inside of us that has a connection to a spiritual world that is beyond our left-brain concept of what we can explain. It's when you have that that sense that there's something greater or that experience of I feel some an energy around me. It, maybe it's an angel. Maybe it's a, a passed over loved one. Um, but whenever one has that experience, that's the mystical. And a modern-day mystic, I call myself that. I'm a, you know, thoroughly modern woman. Um, mm-hmm. I love shoes and clothes and all that girly <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and I'm not interested in sitting in a cave somewhere. But I have these experiences that I've had them since I was three years old my whole life. Uh, and so I've been on a journey of understanding the experience and what what the other worlds, the unseen worlds, the gift, the incredible miraculous gifts that the world, those worlds have for us, and so uh, that's why I want to share it. That's why I want to talk about it and start a conversation because it really is the last taboo is our mystical selves. It's we we hide it. Um, people are always whispering to me, well, I, I had this experience once, but don't tell anybody because we're all worried that we might uh, be a little kooky, but but we <laughs> all have them. Every person I've ever, ever met, even on the street, people go, well, wow. I had this dream or I had this experience, but we, we want to keep it secret. So I want to yes. open that door because it's a... It's a door we need. It's a really important part yes. of ourselves. Yes. I I so understand that whole process of people wanting to um, admit this but not wanting others to know it. Right. And, you know, someone like you is safe to, to talk to about that. Mm-hmm. And as an executive coach, a lot of my clients talk to me about that. Mm-hmm. And I have a large cadre of clients who are physicians and surgeons, yes. which, of course, we know we were talking about the body and the spirit mm-hmm. experience. We're talking about healing. And so many of them tell me stories about what has happened to them when they are in the operating room and Mm -hmm. when they're doing surgeries and how they can't 
explain what just happened, but it did. They can't explain how people have healed. It doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. but they did. And they don't really talk about that out in the world. They talk about it to each other in a Mm -hmm. very, um, I would say, cryptic way. And then when they're talking about it to me, it's as if there's some relief. Like, I can really speak this out loud and people won't think I'm crazy. And, and so when you see people like that who are so data-driven, who are so scientific, who only look for the evidence, that it, physical evidence, and then they say, well, actually, there's mm-hmm. this other part, then you know it's beyond, it's beyond simply an individual who has become aware of their gift. Right. Mm-hmm. It really speaks Absolutely. to what you're saying about everybody has this. Everybody. So, so what do you think the resistance is to moving into just acknowledgement that this resides in all of us? I think, I'll tell you right away, the resistance is the ego. Oh, the ego mind, the ego part of our mind, the head, <laughs> the left brain that we really yeah. need to drive a car and and perform that surgery, that part of ourselves has taken over. But there's a whole three-fourths of our brain, which includes the left brain, our spine, limbic system, our heart. There are heart cells in the heart and in the gut. They have found heart cells in the mm. gut. So yes. that's part of our brain, and that part of our brain is intuitive. It's It senses things like an animal, like it, it knows a fire's coming, knows when there's danger. That part knows and is connected to a greater reality, and that's why we have to open the door because we're cut off and the the um the effects of being cut off from the rest of our brain which holds this this cosmic mystic experience uh this intuitive experience is depression anxiety loneliness fear anger hatred that right wow. there and I've learned that over 20 years of working with thousands and thousands and thousands of people giving healings and working and with families. So, That's what so you know, when I think about the level of those maladies, depression, anxiety, fear, mm-hmm. and anger, and I see the um, how much more prevalent it is in our world, around the world, are we suppressing that natural state more or are we simply knowing that it's there more? Now, I believe we are suppressing it more because Mm. with the uh, invention of technology and science, now, don't get me wrong, I 100% support science Science, my brother just had a tumor removed from his pituitary gland the size of a walnut. If it weren't for Mm. science and robotics, he would be dead in two months because you can't Mm. operate where that tumor was. So it's a miracle. I am completely in support of of science and technology. But we, we cannot do it and completely negate the other side 
of mm-hmm. who we are. And so I think what's happened is because we're as human beings, we're we're curious. We love new stuff. What's the new? Fa- you know, at the turn of the century, it's like, oh, we have to have a phone. What's this electricity? We love all that. And so we're just so enamored with what we've discovered in science and technology that we've just forgotten to look back into that spiritual mm-hmm. place. And before we had this, we really didn't have nature as spiritual. Uh, the, you know, we had close-knit communities. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're in a place, I, I'd say that we're in a transition period, and I completely see that we're going to move back to having this connection to our spiritual self, but we're going to, it's a journey, and right now the journey, um, you know, it's looking a little scary, but, but we're going to make it through. We, I, I completely feel that, and it's corroborated by um, all of the ener- energies that support us in the mystical world. They all say, you're going you're to make it through. The goodness of humanity uh, will, will make it through. So take heart. <laughs> and so, how do we how do we get there without? Um, we it's like you can't put the genie back in the bottle, right? Right. You can't say that you know this technology, the internet, the um, all of the um, missiles that we've created, all mm-hmm. of the the capacity to um, see the target so to speak, Mm -hmm. Uh, millions of miles away, not millions, but hundreds of thousands of miles Mm -hmm. away. Um, You know, we we can't forget that we know that. And so is it that connecting to nature, connecting to community and et cetera, will that look different than it did before? It will look different. Um, It will look different. we do have this enormous capacity from our left brain to now destroy ourselves. And it's a reality that we have to look at. I, I'm not one mm. of these uh, spiritualists who, who's like, put your head in the sand and pretend everything's yes. great and say affirmations. Um, that's not going to do us any good. We have to look at the ugly picture and yes. say, okay, that's a part of our reality. It's very real. Now what? How can I live? What can I do? We don't. You don't want to live in fear every day. You don't want to worry every day. Um, but what can we do? And from the miracles that I have seen over a lifetime of healings and conversing with the mystical realms, the miracles I've seen, the transformations I've seen, I believe that's why opening the door to our spiritual self is the most important thing we can do right now. It's up on the top Mm. of the list because when we Mm. do that, Cheryl, an energy, an energy of love and of healing, I call this the original light, that's beyond religion, it's beyond belief, it is the pure source of of God's love, of the universe's love, Mm. whatever word you want to use. When we open the door, the channels to that part in ourselves, we become a conduit, a channel for change. And that mm-hmm. changes wisdom. And from wisdom, mm-hmm. we take action. 
And by doing that mm-hmm. together, by doing that together, we can change the paradigm of this world. It's a big feat, but we can do it. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I'm sometimes I'm wondering about, well, actually a lot of times I'm wondering about these days, um, what's happening in the world's uh, political system mm-hmm. and how things are actually uh, moving in a direction that is so dramatic. Yes. So dramatically different than a lot of the expectations of the world. Um, and it's happening in concert in countries around the world. Yes. And is this part of the change? Is this, you know, how do you see this? Well, this, this is a very deep question, and we won't be able to get to the depth of it in, this, right. in our short time, because that's, that's a big question. But um, I can tell you this. Um, in the book of Thomas, uh, uh, Jesus says, in the book of Thomas, he talks about the robbers. It's all about the robbers. And what Jesus says in the book of Thomas is that there are robbers. There's an energy that's a robber, a thief. And it comes in the night, and it will, it will steal the light. It will steal uh, God's children. And that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing an energy. Now, remember, I'm speaking of energy, and I, I know with your beautiful audience, I can, when, when we say it's a person, we get into judgment. Um, but when we say it's an energy that is a, in a person, that a, that a person is asleep to, they're just asleep, and this energy yeah. is moving through them, and now it's moving in a really very large scale. Uh, that is the energy uh, that Jesus talks about in the book of Thomas. He was talking about in his life that because he was chased down and persecuted, um, that that it's an energy that's part of our world. It's part of the, the dualistic reality that we're living in. Uh, what we can do is... A, know that that energy exists. Now, see, that's really important, and that's something that we shy away from in kind of new age positive thinking. But if we don't face it and say, okay, I acknowledge there's some energies in this world that are really not so nice, we can deal with it. But if you don't acknowledge it even exists, it's going to just blow over you. So the first thing is to acknowledge that there is an errant energy. That is uh, that is harmful. That's the first thing is to accept it. Okay, it's here. I see it, and I'm going to face it. And then the second thing is is to this is where we use our affirmations. This is where we, in our meditation, our mindfulness, we pray. We come together. We take action, and we have deep, heartfelt prayer. Prayer of faith. Faith is a powerful energy that cuts through. Uh, those negative energies. Um, and, and, you know, if you don't mind, the languaging I'm using is the language of mysticism. Mysticism mm. is, you can't see it, but you, but there's energies moving. And all of you have felt this at the grocery store. Some of you are like, all of a sudden, I, whoa, I felt something. What's that? 
So these energies exist, and in the mystical understanding, we're working with energies because we want to stop the energies. We want to bring balance to these energies before they manifest in a war. You see? And I we do. And we do that. That's our mm. work. And so that's fascinating because there's no way to miss this. <laughs> it's so present. Yeah. The, the whole sense of that energy is so present. And the sense of um, this is actually accelerating our shift mm-hmm. because without this, it would be easy to be complacent. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. I want to share, um, if you don't mind, a. The, the center of, of uh, my book that just came out, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, which is yes. a mystical journey to, to awaken anybody to mm. that part of yourself. And uh, in the middle of the book, there's a quote. There's beautiful, of course, photos uh, in the book. But in the middle of the book, there's just a black and white page. And Will really wanted this to be black and white, to make a statement, and it's um, a message that was given to me by um, the all that is. Uh, mm. Over 20 years, I'd get one piece, and then five years, another piece. God, God would say, study this, and I'll give you the rest. <laughs> over 20 years, yes. I got the whole piece, and I had to study each piece of it for five years. And it goes like this, and I want to share it because this is, I truly believe, the key to our time. And Mm. everyone, if everyone gets this, we will transform uh, the the energy of the thieves and the robbers that are are Mm. stealing and taking um, from us. So it goes like this. The darkness serves the light. If you are conscious, the darkness is just the darkness if you are unconscious. Hmm. So simple, so profound. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. Mm. If you could study that, mm. meditate, if you can make this your affirmation every day, your life and the people around you would would transform dramatically. Mm. Because when you're conscious, the key here, and I explain this in the rest of the book, the key to being conscious is to find the light, the spark of light in the darkness, and then free it. Mm. Free it. And on that note, (laughs) we're going to take a break and come back in just a few moments. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my special guest, Deidre Haid, and another special guest who has just joined us, William Arnst. So, William, or Will, as we like to call him lovingly, um, so way back when, Will began his career as a research laser physicist, and so he really is a rocket scientist, and um, he worked on developing wave optics simulators for high-energy laser systems, and, you know, most of us don't really go around knowing what that is every day. Just think about Star Wars and the strategic defense system because that's where all of that went. So then he, yeah, I mean, I'm impressed, you know. And then he worked on developing a software system management system. And this product was so well received and so needed in the business world. And he was able to sell that and retire. And so being a rocket scientist, you know, he only sat on the beach for a few months and then said, well, I'm going to do something else, do what I want to do. And we're going to talk a bit about how he moved into film and what that film was and how that relates to the way he lives his life. When we get into this, welcome to the show, William Ong. Well, thank you, Cheryl. It's nice to be here. Well, it's good and to it's have nice you to be here joining. Yeah, it's also nice to be called a rocket scientist. I, I hope I love <laughs> to the interview. Oh, now, Will, I, I know you a little bit, and, and yes, indeed you do. However, I think you're a bit more interesting than what most of us perceive to be rocket scientists. You're a lot more fun. So, <laughs> so you will live up to it. You always do. And, and you know... Just for um, the sake of full disclosure, Deirdre Hayde and William Arnst are a married couple mm-hmm. and lovingly have been together for uh, about three years now. Well, we've been married three years, but we've been together about five years. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Lovely. Lovely. So it's interesting to me how the two of you found each other and um, and how it's related to rocket science and mysticism. Um, Will, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, you, you moved into this whole concept of research laser physicist, being a research laser physicist, and then when you moved out of it, 
you spent some time on a spiritual track. So what was that spiritual track? Well, it kind of started, it, it came out of physics, strangely enough. I was in college, I, was, I kept wondering, what is time? I don't know why I was obsessed with what is time and what is the nature of it. So I took all the relativity and quantum courses and whatnot. And by the senior year, I, I realized physics wasn't going to tell me what it was. It, it told me how it, what it did, how it interacted with the physical universe and equations and whatnot, but it didn't say what it was. And so I started poking around, and that sort of led me to metaphysics. And when you get to metaphysics now, it's like, well, time is different in different dimensions, and there are dimensions where time is existing simultaneously. And you get into this really wild, trippy stuff, and I thought that was a lot more interesting. So I started reading the metaphysics and completely ignoring all the more spiritual aspects of it, because I wasn't really interested, and I figured it didn't apply to me. And after so many years, I started uh, the light slowly dawned that uh, um, actually it did apply to you, and maybe it would be good to meditate. So um, I sort of got into the whole spiritual world from the side door of physics. Well, that's pretty fascinating, and you know, there's more and more information about that coming forward to the mainstream. Um, and I imagine that there are many of the colleagues that you had in that realm of physics who played with this and were a little bit quiet about it. I bet there was a bit of judgment about that. Is that true? Uh, well, that's an understatement. A bit of judgment? Whoa, heavy <laughs> judgment, heavy judgment. Now, of course, I didn't really run into that head-on until I made the film What the Bleep Do We Know? Because yes. there was a bunch of science in that. And boy, I expected when I made that movie that the um, I would get a lot of grief from the more relig- traditional religious people. They didn't seem to have a problem with it. The physicists were the ones who were up in arms uh, about that. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of an ongoing uh, heated discussion between the uh, materially-minded skeptics and the uh, transcendentally-minded... I was trying to come up with a good term. I was going to say transcendentally-minded realists because that is a form (laughs) of reality. Right, 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 right. Well, I know that um, I've had other scientists and research scientists on the show, and they have explained that same experience with um, having many years where they didn't even talk about what they knew and then finally coming out in the open and speaking about it and being so um, rejected by their peers, and thus their work started to be rejected and, you know, lacking truth is what they were told. And so, you know, there's, there's a bit of their a reluctance in your field. I bet there are others, though, that you knew who must have been, you know, whispering on the sidelines, yeah, I get what you're talking about. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, there was, I would get some of that, but I was, you know, pretty, by the time um, I I was running into the physicists who might do that, I was pretty well already deep into the spiritual world, and I kind of ignored it. But I did have an interesting conversation with Rupert uh, Sheldrake, 
he's the um, English uh, scientist, and he wrote the, the great book, you know, how do, how do your dogs know when you're coming home? And he's done all oh, these yeah. experiments, <laughs> uh, all these right. stories about dogs who knew when they're... And, uh, and he said, and the, the, the experiments he did was with all these things were dogs, and he would take out all... No, it's not at the same time. It's not the same car sound. And it's just it was a phenomena that he just kept running into. And he said that usually he would give a talk at a, at a conference and stuff, and everyone would just sit there very stone-faced and not say anything. And then he said, usually it was afterwards when they were having tea. He is English, after all. They were having tea, and uh, someone would come up to him and say, hey, can, 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 I, can I just talk to you uh, off to the side for a minute? And they'd, they'd go off, and the guy would say, I've had these experiences. Oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. But, yes, I've had the experience just like that. And he said it got so common that now he just realizes when he goes and gives a talk, he's going to get five or six scientists coming up to him and sort of confessing behind the napkin um, what they perceive to be true. So it's, it's a taboo that's changing. Well, and that's the good news. Um, and in, the, in our first segment, Deirdre and I were speaking about the seemingly accelerated pace of um, not only the whole concept of metaphysics and, you know, what's possible in our world, but also the accelerated pace of, um, some people call it evil, some people call it a dismantling of what we have always believed to be true, uh, and, you know, your the book that you and Deidre have done, the not so little book of surprises, which was just published and it's beautiful, um, is a collaboration between the two of you. Years and years of Didra's writings and poetry and beliefs and gifts to others, and your creative side. You have, took her creative side, took your creative side of pulling us all together and bringing in some incredible visuals by Andre Balov. And the book is stunning. It's not only visually stunning, it is, the words just float into one. And, you know, I found myself when I was reading this, really because I know the two of you a little bit, I could feel both of you in this book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Didra, I'm wondering about your perspective of how the timing of this book is related to what's going on in our world right now. Well, absolutely. Um, I will tell you, this is my, uh, my speaking, what I've been learning uh, in all of my studies and and really hearing in my mystical visionary states from uh, different uh, beings of light uh, on the other side. And and I have volumes of of this work. And Will, to Will's credit, um, pulled out the quotes. He said, you said this five years ago or whatever, but this has to be said today. And he pulled out the most in-your-face probably controversial um, quotes uh, of really, really talking about 
what we're going through today, what's happening, mm. and where is our hope. And the book really is a mm. message of hope. He took a poem that I was given. I literally wrote the poem in 20 minutes. He watched me write the last piece of it in like 10 seconds. Uh, but I was given this po- poem by, um, and of course, I want every everybody out there, I know you're skeptical, so just if you could go with me a little bit, I understand. But my understanding was the voice that told this story of this poem was coming from uh, Isaiah. And um, Isaiah says uh, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, be still and know that I am here now. And what that message means is that the the prophets, the the beings of light, the ones who've guided all the great religions throughout the centuries are very close to us. And they're coming, they're coming back. I don't want to give a false hope, but they're coming back. And the messages are coming in the children. The children that are coming and being born now are a different kind of soul group, very sensitive, very open, um, very powerful. So Will took this poem and then put the different messages and teachings like in between them. And because he's a filmmaker, he it was brilliant. I could not have written this book. I mean, I couldn't have put the book together like this. I wouldn't know where to begin. It, it's brilliant. I mean, I'm just, as the writer, I'm so in awe and grateful um, because Will's genius, true genius, it, it really does, his stamp is in this book, which is why I said we have to have it by the both of us because this was a real team, real teamwork. Thanks, well, Thanks honey. Really that's clear. clear. <laughs> does, that, does that does that make me a rocket artist? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes, honey. Of course, you're a rocket artist. <laughs> I'm a rocket artist. There we go. I love it. I love it. That's great. That's great. So, um, you know, Will, I, I'm wondering for you how this was when you were creating this book together. Um, how was it doing this as a couple? Well, uh, <clears throat> it was the uh, it, it started off decoupled um, because the what I told Deirdre I said okay I'll put this together but here's the deal you don't get to look at it till I'm done Ooh. so and the reason for that is I knew having worked with Deirdre Deirdre is is a perfectionist perfectionist. She's like Miss 150%. So I knew that if she got into it, we would, we would get caught in talking about this and talking about that. And I'm kind of the person that when I'm in the creative thing, I just go off somewhere and I just do stuff. So I went yeah. off, and in about two months, um, two and a half months, I had most of the, I had the book more or less put together. And then, now that I got it to a, that point, because I knew... Um, I wanted Deirdre's input. At that point, she came in then, and then the the collaboration happened. And the collaboration was as we as we worked to get because I had laid it out in a certain pacing, so it had a beginning, middle, and end, and it was there was like a a story through it instead of just disparate quotes. And by by now us collaborating, she saw what I did, and then she I had all the pages on the on the floor in my office, and it was up on the tables and over that it was really looked pretty funny. So then she came in and she rearranged it, 
And then I went back and I looked at what she rearranged, and I said, oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, that's cool. And then the two of us really collaborated at the final thing on fine-tuning it. And as we were fine-tuning it, um, she would change certain of the quotes a little bit. She'd say, ah, oh, this is a, a concept, but I just need to add this little, this little bit here. And so there was this, it was like when you're doing sculpture at the end, you use very fine files to just get it just right. And she went in with her fine files and put it together. And mm. it, basically from when I first said, yeah, let's do this, till it was done was only three months. So um, it, it, it was really uh, quite something that happened so quickly. Well, it is. And, you know, that's another one of those moments where, you just know what you need to do, and that whole concept where you um, did this in the the process you used to do this, where in, initially you didn't really work together to do it, brilliant. <laughs> right. I agreed. When he said, there's one caveat, you you can't be involved, and I, he said, he was so proud, because he said, I really want to show you what I can do, it'll, it'll be a present, and I know Will has this unbelievable ability to focus, like, it, I've never seen anything like it, he just goes into an altered state, and he just goes deep, I can see how come he was so great at uh, what he did as a physicist and a, a computer creator, um, so I just said, great, I am out of this. I will back off, um, but I just want to know I get to edit. <laughs> so I, I didn't it. do any editing. I really didn't. I didn't take anything out. Um, we had a few places that were holes, and he said, well, we need something here. What do you suggest? And then we collaborated, and then I just edited some of the words so that the book would flow as a book because, mm. of course, they were taken from – this is from 2012, this is from, you know, 2010, and, and so I did that so we would have, um, we would, we would, it would flow better. But that's all, that's all I did. That's great. Well, we're going to talk more about the book and Will and Didra when we come right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito and special, very special guest today, Idra Hayde and William Arndt. So the two of you worked and collaborated deeply on this beautiful book and the uh, visuals, the images and the visuals in, visuals in this book by Andre Bellog. Is Bellog how you say Bellog. Mm-hmm. Bellog. Absolutely stunning. And I imagine, did you two know him before you asked him to contribute to this book? Oh, yes. I've uh, known Andre for 15 years. Uh, we're close uh, close friends. Um, it's the same, same synagogue, uh, studying with the same rabbi for 15 years. And um, he does these beautiful photos, and he also creates sacred geometries. And whenever I need it geometry for a workshop or a retreat I'm doing or any very special picture he does it so um it was we'd been talking about a book for years so it was just a perfect synergy absolutely oh it's mm. just beautiful when i look into these images um i literally am filled with i i don't even know how to describe it the image moves into me. Mm. There is there is some sort of um, pulling to the image, and it yes. fills me up. Mm. I'm so Love impressed that. with how that occurs. Um, and when you were putting this together, Didre, I imagine you had that type of experience with this. Will, how about you? Did you... Were you viewing it the same way? Did you have that experience, or were you viewing it more from uh, developing a creative look to this? Well, it was more like for each one finding finding the picture that really went with the um, with the quote, and finding a, a picture that didn't necessarily hit the nail on the head. That was somewhat mm. um, somewhat so that you had to stretch your mind a little bit sometimes to really see where they connected. And once you stretch your mind and you saw where it connected, a little light would go off. Aha. So, um, I mean, the one story I like to tell, there was one quote where Andre, I couldn't figure out what to do with the picture, and he sends me, oh, this is the perfect, perfect one to go with that quote. And I was like, Andre, what are you smoking? That, no, come on. I forget about it. I wake up the next morning and I go, oh, my God, Andre, it's perfect. So, um, you know, the experience of doing that, and so much of it was just intuitive at a certain point. Um, I'll tell you the spooky part, though, is he had some pictures that were so perfect for uh, the quote and were such an obscure picture. And I said, Andre, why did you ever take this picture to begin with? And he was like, oh, I just uh, thought it would be a good picture. And it was perfect. So I said, well, I think you're just a time traveler. That's it. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And so there are actual photographs of uh, landscapes and um, still shots, etc. And there are images that are geometric in nature, that are very mystical in nature. Did he create those as well? 
Oh, oh yes, yeah. he created all of them. And uh, Indri really is an extraordinary talent. He's also a concert violinist. He uh, started playing with the L.A. Philharmonic when he was around eight years old. He was a child prodigy. Uh, and he's um, a deeply devotional man. Um, so I feel that that was also perfect for us because his photos haven't do have an energy that comes from them mm. because of who he is. Well, and of course you would have someone like that to be <laughs> collaborating with. Of course you would. Of course you would. So we just have a couple minutes left, and I know that this book, not a little book of surprises, is going to be um, one of those books that people return to again and again. Um, I, I have this book uh, out in my living room, and I've made it a coffee table book, and mm. my guests cannot keep their hands off of it. And, mm. you know, we will be having a, um, some sort of gathering, and people will literally take the book, sit down, and then others start to crowd around them, and you hear all this, oh, ooh, look at that, oh. And so, of course, first they're looking at the images, and then you see them slow down a little bit because they're now taking in the words. And I find that I've just been observing this and and just seeing how people are drawn in. The book has the energy that allows them to settle. Hmm. This is fascinating to me, you know, because I've had coffee table books for years, many, many different types, and people love to look through, and you see them kind of flipping through, you know, even if it's, it's gentle and slow, you don't see what's happening to people with what is going on with this book. I see them starting to be transported into a space that feels like they are wondering, whoa, what is this really? And so when we sit down and talk about it, um, you know, they just have this whole shift in their kind of their look, their look, you know, kind of how they present. And I've just been fascinated by this. So my question to you is, Deidre, I'll ask you this. What is it you really want people to know about this and about the time that we're in? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm so excited that that's your experience of the book. It's been our experience. Uh, We get these stories all the time, over and over and over, that people have a spiritual journey when they read the book. Um, And that is really because these uh, words, the, the teachings, the images... You know, I wish they could say they just came from me, but, you know, I'm not that smart. But I, I was able to, um, to call from the great traditions of, of the Kabbalah, of my studies in, in the, the churches growing up, and my mystical vision of communicating with these, these beings. And they have, you know, they, they speak, and they tell me, and they talk to me, and so I, I write it down. And the fact that you have this experience just says to me, wow, I did my job. 
I was just an open vessel, and I was able to bring their energy into our world uh, to heal, uplift, and enlighten. And so I I hope everyone from this book gains hope, gains a a connection to your own power, mystical power, um, and that you have fun reading it, too, because it's funny. There's some funny spots. Um, Indeed. Indeed it is. So happy to bring this book to people. Um, really, really happy. Thank you. Will, we have 30 seconds. What would you like to say? Um, gee, I'm, I'm suddenly <laughs> speechless at 30 seconds. All I have to say is thank you, everyone. And uh, Oh, if you want to uh, get a little bit more of the, the website, there's bookofsurprises.com. Um, you can do that, and you want to find more about Deirdre, deirdrehade.com, D-E-I-R-D-R-E-H-A-D-E.com to see what a modern mystic is really like, and my 30 seconds are up. <laughs> Thank you, Deirdre Hayde and William Lawrence. It's a privilege to have you both here. The book is The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises. And remember, everyone, to think big, because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.